Hello and welcome back to The Longest Battle podcast. I'm here today with Kiko Matthews. She's a teacher turned adventurer. After surviving brain surgery, she's definitely a true inspiration. She's also the fastest woman to cross the Atlantic on her own. And I'm very pleased to say that she's here today to tell us her amazing story. Thank you so much for coming along to the Longest Battle podcast. So tell me where your name's from. Where, Where are you originally from? Um, I'm from Hereford. Okay. Where's your name from? <laughs> My name's Japanese. Um, okay. Named after, well, a lady friend of my dad's. Oh, actually, wow. actually, Sakiko is my real name. Oh, nice. Yeah. Amazing. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you been to Japan? No. No, me neither. Don't speak any Japanese either. No, I think you need to at some point. <laughs> I can't speak English properly, let alone <laughs> something like Japanese. So. Okay. So tell me, you were a teacher before, so tell me about being a teacher. Yeah, so I trained as a teacher, didn't really know what to do with as a job when I left university, I did molecular biology, and then teaching great, long holidays, thought it'd be ideal. Yeah. Um, such a great way to go into a job, isn't it? But, <laughs> but, but seriously, I, I love science, I love, I do like teaching, and I love kids, so I thought it'd be a pretty good choice. Um, I did two years at one school, two years at another, a year at another, half a year at another. So I've kind of been around, never yeah. never really kind of clicked with it, I should say. Mm. And I now know that that's because I don't like bells. I don't like being told what to do when 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 I'm told. Yeah. So like the, the idea of having a bell every hour was a bit like, I don't necessarily want to be living my life. Regimented. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I don't think yeah. that really kind of suits me so much. Yeah. So... so- Tell me about Cushing's disease. Um, so when I, so in between my two teaching, I had two teaching jobs in between um, Dorset and London. I suddenly became quite ill. I, uh, all sorts of things. I mean, initially I didn't realise there was anything wrong with me. I just had weird things. I'm a doctor's daughter, so okay. um, I deny everything. It just doesn't exist really. Um, and then eventually I said to my dad, got this funny taste in my mouth he said okay you need to go and see the doctor and funny taste in your mouth yeah so so when I went to see the doctor and I said I got this funny taste he said okay let's have a look right you've got thrush thrush is caused uh, as a result of HIV or diabetes and um, so they tested me and I had diabetes but that was literally at the end of the doctor's meeting when actually I told him all these other things I had this was like the last bit but actually was the thing that kind of got into the process of Diagnosing me, and it's caused the one that I had, uh, Cushing's disease, is caused by a pituitary tumour, um, produces cortisol, which is a stress hormone, and uh, they were about it was about ten times the level that it should be. I had end stage diabetes, I had insomnia, I had memory loss, I had psychosis, I was manic, mm. I had muscle wasting to the point I couldn't get in and out of a bath or up the stairs. I was hairy, I was spotty, I was podgy, I was oh, had bruising, I had skin thinning, I had spots. Um, an osteoporosis. So yeah, it's quite a, it's quite an amazing thing what yeah. the, what the old hormones can do. Yeah. And what age were you at that time? Uh, twenty, twenty nine. So I just thought I just thought my hormones were <laughs> were like changing. I thought that's what yeah. was happening. But is it very rare? Yeah, it's like one in twenty five. I think it's what one in twenty five thousand people a year get diagnosed with it. Cushing's disease. Wow. Yeah, haven't heard of that. So. Very popular with dogs and horses. <laughs> what do you mean? It's a very common disease for doctors, uh, for, for dogs and horses. Okay, but yeah. not for humans no. so much. Yeah. 
Wow. People who've heard of it are generally horsey people or into dogs. Mm. Was it life-threatening? Um, it is life-threatening, yeah. I was actually... I mean, there's a there's a reasonable recovery from it, but um, at one point I was in intensive care because my potassium levels were so low. Um, and there are cases where, you know, it, the pressure on your heart, not the physical pressure, but the kind of chemical pressure and stuff within your body does cause death. But um, it's quite a serious serious disease it's not cancer everyone always thinks it's cancer and it's like yes it's a tumor but it's not cancerous it doesn't move around the body but it just has it has a different effect as not it pumps out these hormones so yeah, yeah almost so, not as nice as cancer yeah if cancer can be if you can compare the two um mm. whereas cancer doesn't necessarily have effects until the very end stages uh cushing's has effects from quite i would say quite early on but definitely once it's tipped over a point it then pumps out these hormones and it's not just like one part of your body that it affects it's like the whole because it's a hormone mm. it affects all your body um you know from your brain to your muscles bones yeah. memory everything memory I, I have a nightmare with memory at the moment <laughs> it's a nightmare it's horrible but did you have any sort of um you know you said about psychosis yes yeah, so i had, had i had short-term memory so yeah. i couldn't i'd start a conversation i wouldn't remember where we'd what we were talking about and tried to play chess that was absolutely impossible because I couldn't figure out if I was going from A to B I couldn't do A to B and then what was my next move because I would have forgotten what my first move was yeah to the second move I remember trying to play that with dad um my mates would come and see me in hospital I'd have still to this day <laughs> barely know who actually came I was yeah. like, did you come and they're like yeah I came like twice I'm like oh okay I know so, yeah. memories just and how is your memory now is there those well apart from I'm getting older and I'm like seriously <laughs> busy um it's fine I mean it's not it's not Cushing's memory. Yeah, definitely. When did you decide that this was going to be life-changing? Um, I don't think I really sort of decided that it was going to be life-changing. I think it was life-changing. Well, actually, even that, I don't know, because I don't know what the alternative was. But I suppose I, when I was teaching and then I didn't like teaching, mm. this was a very good excuse after a couple of years of going back being to think to myself, well shouldn't really be here <laughs> why am I doing a job that I don't really like let's get out and do something else that I really want to do so whether that would have happened five years down the line or I, I have no idea but I definitely you know I definitely think there's it makes you realize that your life potentially can be very short so you've got to just enjoy it and be good not like not like goody good good but like, <laughs> live you know, in the moment live in the moment live be the kind moment. you know give back to give back to society and the world and everything and you just realize life is too that, short life too way mm. too short to be yeah. doing crappy jobs getting stressed with people stressed about anything to be honest faffing and it's just like grab it grab it by the horns or whatever the phrase is <laughs> <laughs> and just get on with it and just yeah and just enjoy it just don't stress chill out Definitely. Keep it real. Do you still take medication? Um, so I recovered from the first bout of Cushing's uh, within, I think, 18 months, maybe. So that was all medications off. And the only thing I was meant to be on was um, hydrocortisone, which is basically just because when they take out the tumour, your cortisol levels go from... So mine went from, like, 1,500 down to 30. They're meant to be, like... 300 mm -hmm. so it's quite not only is it a massive jump from it's a bit like heroin if you were to come off heroin suddenly your body's like hang on a minute that's why you have a sort of slow cut off right. um so then as the pituitary kicks back in again and it 
I don't know if it grows. I'm not sure if it grows back or if it just starts to work again. But so that took about 18 months. And the second time I had it um, uh, last year, I came off my medication literally a year later. Uh, my horticulture, and I'm still on growth hormone, but we're waiting to see whether I need to still take that. So you do, it's just something that you use part of your life. Yeah, 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 potentially. I bet, again, yeah. it might. But I found out the other day that the quicker you just the, the quicker you recover the more likely you are to recur which is great because <laughs> i i thought that my recovery was quick because i was positive and active and yeah. all this stuff but maybe it's just because i have the type of cushings that's going to keep coming back which is great not yeah nightmare okay so are you have you always been adventurous um, so we, I was born without a, I was born without a TV. <laughs> I, I didn't have a TV strapped to my head when I came out. Um, when we were kids, we didn't have a TV at home. Yeah, we were very lucky that we had a house with a nice garden. We lived in the countryside, and so most of our kind of playtime was spent imagining stuff and mm-hmm. you know making up and building dens. And we had a tree house in one of the trees, so we would go and sleep in that. And Dad would take us. Dad would take me camping and stuff so I guess there's always been it's funny because my sister's definitely not like me she's like far from me um <laughs> so I guess in, in that sense and then yeah I uh age 17 I went into railing aged did you do it on your own yeah no no with two girls okay but it was like in between sixth form so yeah. most people were having going traveling after mm. we went in the middle okay which is quite different um driven to Cape Town I've been around the world sort of on my own for about an eight week type of thing um yeah, yeah so I, I mean I love it I love the I love the unknown and the idea of kind of what's around the corner you never you have like no idea whether it's going to be amazing yeah beautiful horrible you're going to meet someone so I kind of love that I yeah. I love that idea I just love being out in nature too so how did you get into rowing oh I'm not sure I did really <laughs> <laughs> I had the idea to row the Atlantic and um, then I got into rowing because I'd never okay. rowed before. You never did? No, I wasn't oh, a rower, uh-huh. yeah, which was why it was all quite a crazy <laughs> concept. Okay. So how long did that take you? When did you first get into it? How long into all that did you decide to cross the Atlantic? No, no, no. So I decided to cross the Atlantic and okay. then I got into rowing. Oh, okay. All right. So I didn't. I never rowed before I had yeah. the idea. Okay. The idea was to row the Atlantic and then get in a rowing boat and figure out how to do it. <laughs> okay. Which is... I mean, when you have a job, you generally haven't done that job before, do you? You no. walk into a room and go, right, I've never been in marketing before, but I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. So never been to sea or been rowing, but you train and you learn. Yeah. And then you can do it. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Did you have other friends that... Yeah, so I got two, the guy whose boat I used, I knew, and the guy, Angus, who got me, who did my weather routing and my navigation while I was crossing. So I knew them beforehand. So, Mm. yeah, I kind of was familiar with the whole idea of crossing the Atlantic in a rowing boat. Amazing. So how long does it actually take? How long does it take you to cross the Atlantic? Well, it can take anyone any length of time, depending on how much effort they put in or what the weather's like. So I was going for a world record, um... I mean, why not? <laughs> There's only five other women who had done it, so I thought, you know, give it a go. It's there to be broken. I had a really good boat, and it took me 49 days, 7 hours and 13 minutes, which was a week faster than the French record that was previously goodness, set. It's 49 days. Yeah. My goodness, wow. On my own. I know. Yeah. That's And 
absolutely petrifying. Were there, were, were there points where you thought, this is a bit scary? <laughs> um, or not? There, there, there was one, there were one or two points that um, I thought I, I could, you know, I know I'm going to get through, I know this is going to be all right. I'd much rather be sleeping in the warm, cosy cabin than out having to do this right now. But um, no, I don't, wouldn't say I was necessarily scared. I think scared would be if someone had a gun pointing at my head. I think I'd be quite scared about that. Yeah. But still, my, through life, I've just learned that there's even then, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, mm. you're out of control. When you have no control over something, there's like absolutely no point like worrying about it. And also, if I've lived my life, I'm going to be less scared about dying than if I haven't lived my life. So yeah. this is another reason. If we live our lives, then we don't mind about the... The end. The end, because we've lived it. This is true. It could go tomorrow and I'd be feel like I'd achieved probably more than... Most lots, people. Lots, lots of others, <laughs> so, yeah. Definitely, OK. So do you, I mean, tell me about the exhaustion. I mean, if you're on your own rowing the Atlantic... I mean, you must be absolutely exhausted. And how how do you actually do you sleep? Do you, how does it all work? So you, there's about twelve hours of rowing a day, depending on the weather. And I was I was very chilled about it. If I felt really really rubbish, I would just sleep a bit longer. But I tried to do twelve hours in a twenty four hour period. That was my. Some days I did a bit more. Some days I probably did a bit less. Um, for me, I wanted to enjoy it and enjoy the journey, not just smash a record. Um, there were a couple of times that I was exhausted. I, I'm still not sure whether it was the actual concept of, you know, whether everyone gets the same exhaustion or whether it was something to do with my medication because no one, there's no historical or research done on anyone that had my condition, i.e. low cortisol, mm. um, doing something that extreme. So the doctors were just like, you just take four times as much <laughs> of my medications. I was just taking four times as much, but no one actually knows um, how low my cortisol levels were. And as a low, low cortisol means you're like you're absolutely knackered and zonked. I mean, if people, yeah. so you need the you need the medication to give you the energy and stuff. So I have no idea whether the what the exhaustion was caused to. But there was a definitely a period of about a week probably where it was pretty tiring, and I would just sleep quite a lot. Really? Probably about yeah. 10, 12 hours a day. Oh, wow. Okay, so just to re, re- yeah, yeah, yeah. basically, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and I also wasn't anything. eating that great, so because of just being at sea and sitting um, on your tummy all the time, any like endurance is quite is I renowned. I seasick. For, I'm terrible. You take seasickness sick. tablets. Oh, okay. Uh, right. That's part of the, mm. the whole. I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> yeah. You have seasick patches behind your ears. Oh, really? Yeah, they use them for chemo, I think. Okay. I wouldn't be able to relax. I don't know how you'd fall asleep when you're out to sea to when be able to relax. Do you know? Well, there's nothing that's... out. I mean, what's the what's the what's the problem? Yeah, there's nothing there. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, your boat's just going to carry on doing what it is doing when you're awake. Yeah. As Not when a you're massive asleep. Massive sea monster about to come in. Yeah, there's loads you. of them. <laughs> <laughs> loads of Loch Ness monsters <laughs> in the sea. Ready to eat a rowing boat. I imagine people who are out to sea for long periods of time must be. Be- might become quite delusional, like when seeing things. I guess I never saw anything. There are people. I don't know what the. I think that's is it. Lack of sleep, or it is it? I think it's probably your, it's probably your mental, your mental capabilities as well. I think probably. Yeah. Linked to but, that. Yeah, you're very strong. You're definitely a strong lady. My goodness. Yeah. 
Um, do you have anxiety when you take on these huge challenges? No, quite the opposite, to be honest. I totally love them. I get anxiety if I'm not <laughs> if I'm not doing a challenge because I feel like I'm not being the best me. I think all humans should or are designed to be challenged. I think that's kind of... And so many animals as well. I mean, that's when we're our best. If we sit around and laze and... I mean, you can just see it. People aren't... They don't feel good in themselves. They get fat. Da, da, da. You know, when after I'd finished my challenge, literally my skin and my hair, everything was just like probably its best it's ever been which is amazing because like yeah. it's a mixture of you know being out in the open but also being you and being happy and the smile and the eyes it all changes when you're kind of really challenging whether that's a physical challenge or a mental challenge I think it's the same kind of thing and it's not everyone's challenge is different obviously mm. it's not just rowing the Atlantic um, but I think yeah so I don't think anxiety really the only time I get anxious is about men <laughs> Literally, men are the only Isn't thing. Isn't that what we all do? Though? They're like the biggest <laughs> challenge in my life and they do make me feel anxious. <laughs> okay. All right. Not the elements, just the men. Just the men, yeah. men in life. <laughs> so you haven't had any sort of scary moments out to see at all? I mean, my, if it was my mum experiencing them, she, yeah, she probably had about 500, but, you know, it's all it's all relative, isn't it, to the person who's out there and their outlook like like I said you know there were moments where I was hanging out the side of the boat because I was nearly capsizing but I was tied on and if I capsize I capsize it's not like and my heart was pumping a little bit faster than it had been earlier when I finished but I wouldn't I don't know what again I think like what is scary scary is a is a descriptive word for a feeling that what your life is I guess, yeah, maybe it's more anxiety, isn't it? But when you're yeah. out there... I don't really, yeah. Cause it just I felt like being on your own. Being I love being there. on my own. Totally love being <laughs> on my own. Didn't have to talk to anyone for so long. Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't say... But like I said, there were definitely moments when, you know, the waves were huge and I was like, my God, I hope this boat, I hope this Can boat isn't going to capsize. I mean, it doesn't matter if it capsizes, it comes back up again, but you don't really want it to capsize because everything falls out and you have to re-fix it all and obviously it's a bit of a gaspy kind of like type of you, you know it's not nice mm. being thrown into the sea when you don't want to be in the sea in the, in the middle of the sea in a big storm <laughs> no but huge waves if it was all over. if it had been that bad I would have got myself in the cabin mm. um but you had strategies you yeah had I had strategies. strategies but mental and physical strategies yeah yeah good okay so, um, so have you always been quite solitary? Would you Not say? at all. I'm no. a people people. Okay. People's person. I love people, love chatting. Um, but looking, but, you know, people always say to me, so how did you deal with that and loneliness, etc. And loneliness isn't really about having people around you. You could be around everyone and you can still be lonely. Mm, yeah. It's a, it's a deeper sort of loss or missing something in your, you know, when you're missing something in your soul or your heart or whatever that you want to your life yeah and your you fear I always think the loneliness is like a fear of rejection or fear of being left alone and mm. like so none of those yeah. I didn't have that feeling of you know oh my god who likes me oh my god who's not invited me here or oh my god like all those sorts of things I guess that make people feel lonely yeah I didn't have that because I was I don't know I haven't been lonely for years. The more confident I became, I've, I've become. Yeah. The less lonely, and the busier as well. Yeah. The less yeah. lonely. 
Yeah, that's true. So, so how do you relax? How do you actually relax? Are you always in training? Is that something? Yeah, but that I you... feel it's relaxing. Yeah. I'm, when yeah. I when I train, I I cycle to the pub. You know. Yeah. Like, whereas I'm not in tra- like today. I've just cycled in, and that's you know an hour and fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. which essentially is relax. training. But I've been relaxed while I'm doing that. I have no idea what I was being thinking about. Like my yeah. my brain is switched off at that pretty much for most of that cycle. I'm just thinking about the cars and whether I'm going left or right or, yeah. you know, that's about as far as it goes yeah. or whether I'm beating people or overtaking them or yeah. whether they're overtaking me and whether I'm going fast or slow. And that's literally like as far as it gets. And that was the same kind of thing when I was in the boat as well. You get that, your brain really, I think exercise really switches it off, mm-hmm. um, which another great reason for doing exercise for the mental side yeah. of things. I mean, every, you, you hear people say, you know, running changed my life and running certainly hasn't changed my life but um <laughs> but, you know or you find something that you love or yoga whatever it's because yeah. you just your brain just stops yeah being in the moment in the present yeah, yeah. isn't it exactly, and yeah. being able and to fre- generally the fresh air um definitely don't do exercise for looking good or losing weight mm. which weirdly <laughs> it is a like a byproduct of why i do exercise yeah um so which is good so tell me about how you felt after the tumour came back. Um, so I was midway through my training, eight years later. I always kind of had, like there was a period of time after I was officially like recovered where I didn't think about it. But then I would, I'd always be like, oh, I wonder whether it's going to come back. Is that I kind of questioned various things on my mm. body. Like, because it gives you double chin. It gives you like about makes you quite podgy and puffy in the face Mm. so I'd always be like oh is that because I'm overweight or is that because Cushing's come back and so I think by the time it it got diagnosed I think I kind of I probably kind of knew that it was was there and I was doing some really strong (laughs) because actually the first time it made me really strong before my muscles started disappearing I was really like powerhouse and then as obviously when it came back I was in the middle of my training I again I was like powerhouse and I was pulling I did a marathon and came second in the world for that season and I did another no the first one I came eighth in the world for that season and the second one I did I came second in the world for that season for women which is ridiculous because I'm not a rower yeah and uh, there I was uh, well I was just chatting away when I was doing those like 42 miles on the rowing machine so and not training so I kind of knew that there was something going on like I was very strong and a little bit podgy and I wasn't get I was getting up at like four o'clock in the morning and the world was amazing and I was like blah 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 chatty 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 yeah literally you couldn't shut me up um so I kind of knew there was something of the hormone level yeah 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 Yeah. wow okay so that that all had to and interestingly as soon as they kind of diagnosed it it almost went downhill pretty quickly so it was almost like knowing that I had it was like okay yeah, I get it. I can see now, and suddenly it was getting worse and worse very quickly. So they were very amazing. And what's King's... the treatment then? So they just go up the nose and take it out, oh, drill right. into the skull, and yeah. put a little sucker in there, oh. suck it out. Yeah. Only, the first one was six millimeters. The, f- the second one was four millimeters. So tiny. Yeah. But called okay. really, really. I mean, your pituitary gland's only two peas, the size of two peas. So to have, so you don't. I mean, and that controls your body, yeah. which is an, amazing, isn't it? How how the body works yeah 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 with that like that tiny little thing which Mm. basically controls and the the slightest imbalance makes all that difference I mean lots of people have hormone issues but um, Mm. when it's really that imbalanced um, it's really quite obvious how many operations have you had? just two 
Just two operations. Um, on the pituitary gland. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, I've had no. my teeth out. <laughs> <laughs> had four of them. I've had eight of them taken out, so there's some operations. Um, but, yeah, on the pituitary gland, just the two. Yeah, okay. It might come back, probably, yeah. if I've... If it is, you know, they say that if you recover quickly, it's more likely to come back. So, whoopee-doo, in I go. But the first time I was in hospital for a month, um, and as I say, was in intensive care for one day. It was so bad. The second time I cycled to my operation, I was out three days later. So, I mean, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger, right? <laughs> wow. Pretty inspirational, my goodness. How are you now? Yeah, I think I'm fine, um, as far as I'm aware. I mean, people, yeah, I mean, I'm back to normal, Kiko normal. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily normal, but I don't know if I'll ever be normal. <laughs> um, yeah, like I say, I'm still taking my growth hormone because um, that wasn't the right level when I had the operation last year, but I need to have that tested. And if that's gone, then I'm totally back to normal. Okay, that's great. Um, I mean, yeah, I might it might come back, in which case we'll... Worry, think about that when it happens, but yeah. So it's well, a worry. Well, it's not the only annoying thing is that the more I don't know because I'm not the doctor whether when they chop it out they're taking more and more pituitary gland out. But you know there is a thing where you can have if you have the whole pituitary taken out, then you know it doesn't come back. But then you're on every single hormone replacement, so your whole body is then controlled by pills in the morning, which right. is a nightmare. Mm. So I don't want to be taking my thyroid, my estrogen, my growth hormone, my Insulin, like all of them, mm. I'd have to be taking. Um, yeah. So I don't really want that. No, definitely. And I think the more you have them going up there, they've got a little lock and key on my in my skull now, so they can just like open it up, go in. <laughs> they've been in so many times. Um, yeah. Who knows? Maybe I'll be fine. Yeah. There's no point worrying about it. It's not going to change anything. Yeah. No. It's just, I mean, I just... think about it, but I'm not worried about it. Yeah. If anything, it makes me go right. I must really enjoy my life now because if I am on all those drugs I probably won't be able to scale mountains and that's the and thing stuff, and take so. all those things yeah, yeah. So at the moment yeah just yeah, yeah. Live. do what I can yeah definitely okay tell me about your charity well interesting my charity actually doesn't exist anymore okay <laughs> but um it was called the big stand and I set that up because I wanted to give back and I learned to stand up paddleboard and it was so easy to do it and when you're out there like we're talking about the brain switching off it was Mm. a really good way to kind of mentally uh connect i think connect with yourself but also with the environment and the idea was that we would kind of use education Mm -hmm. on the boards to make people more aware of the environment around them and themselves and develop resilience all sorts of stuff and bring adventures whether that be a day adventure an hour adventure or a week adventure unfortunately charities are very difficult to um to kind of get going and support and resources and all that. And I was a bit on my own, even though I had a co-founder. Um, I tended, he was more the face of the charity. I was more the the fingers and the brain behind the charity. Okay. And we didn't actually have any money. So that I, I don't know how we kind of thought we were going to do it. So I ended up setting up a business instead, which is basically the same as a charity, but didn't rely on the red tape and trustees and horrible this and that. So I could literally just, you know, yeah. do all the things I wanted to do, but out of my like profits or out of the goodness of my heart rather than yeah out of a charity so yeah the big stand it was the big stand it is now not (laughs) (laughs) the big flop (laughs) what do you think has been your greatest achievement well obviously getting a world record rowing the atlantic is quite an achievement 
Just up there. Just up there. there. <laughs> okay, six amazing. Months, six months after brain surgery and all the other things. And, um, raising, so I've raised over uh, currently £110,000 for King's oh, College wow. Hospital, and I've still got two more fundraisers, so I'm hoping for 150. Yeah. I'm up for two awards, up for the... Oh, great. Just Giving Award and the Brave Britain Awards, which is great. Oh, amazing. Um, I just think, like, just daily life, I think, is quite an achievement. I think I've done quite well in, like, my contentment, like, figuring out... Mm figuring out life and figuring out myself and figuring out how to make every day a good one I yeah. think is a really is a great achievement yeah 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 you know I could row all the oceans in the world but be miserable yeah like what's the point yeah so I think probably figuring that out which I'm more than happy to you know figure out <laughs> help anyone else figure out as well <laughs> but I think that's probably the biggest achievement so you're a very strong, inspirational woman. Have you got any advice for anyone who is struggling with motivation? Um, I would say yes, um, purpose. So if you're doing something with no purpose and you don't like doing it, you're not going to want to do it. But if you're doing it for something else or for a particular reason or you've really set yourself... So for example... Um, Someone, a friend of mine, has set up something called Team Like a Girl, and it's her kind of legacy from her her Ocean Row. They did it as a four. They did Row Like a Girl. She said, "Do you want to run an ultra marathon with Team Like a Girl?" And I was like, "I can't run. I hate running." <laughs> and she said, "Oh, go on. You'll be fine." So I said, "Okay." So I'm doing so you're it. Doing it ultra marathon. Yeah, 150 miles <gasps> in the desert, which is a joke because, like, when she said it, the next day, I went and did a one mile run. I mean, that's how much I can't run. Oh my goodness. <laughs> or I don't run. I mean, yeah. I can run. Everyone can run, but um, I don't run. But I'm doing it because I'm supporting her and I'm part of the team. But if I didn't have that, I would be like, I would never have signed up for an ultramarathon for starters. But I probably would have given it up because yeah. I don't really want to do it. And I and I, I still get unmotivated. But things like, so on Saturday, I had to go for 24, well, I decided to do a long walk run. But I had to do it because <laughs> I had to get to go and see someone at the other side of London Yeah. at a certain time. So, so I was then, like, okay, so will I then ran and walked I had to be there and I had to keep running because I was going to be like too late so I just kept going because there was a purpose yeah. to where I was going and likewise on the way home I was getting to someone's house because I was going to babysit for their kids mm-hmm. so I had to be there on time yes I could have jumped on the tube but I also find social media is great because I do my stories yeah. and then if I jump on the tube and like I'm there now I would be like oh <laughs> that's not really t- like your training is it so I actually find yeah. kind of the the community. So for me, community is a really big thing. When I was rowing the Atlantic, mm-hmm. I created this thing called 100 Together, which was the aim was to get 100 women um, to basically fund my boat in the water. Um, they got like reward for it. Um, they got like gifts, not gifts, but like talks and various sort of packages. But when I was out there, that was who I was thinking about, that and King's Hospital. Yeah. So that was my purpose, so that's what kept me going. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely times when I can't be bothered, and generally those are times that I don't want to do something. So in yeah. my life, I tend to say, if I don't want to do it, what is the point? Everyone needs a purpose. Yeah, and exactly. Purpose is really important, and recognising yeah. what that purpose is. Sometimes you don't you have it, but you don't realise it's there. Mm. Um, yeah. So I think that's... And like getting a world record is not a purpose, because when you're hurting and tired don't really care about the world record to be honest <laughs> I'm like who cares it hurts I'm not going anywhere but the girls and the women who had put their money and their time and effort and stuff into supporting me that mm. was a really good purpose yeah and definitely. obviously the money I was raising for kings and trying to inspire people 
as well. And now an ultra marathon. Yeah. <laughs> when are you starting that? Well, no, I finish it. Well, I oh. start it in first seventh uh, of October, eighth of October. Oh my goodness! So you've got to. I oh, know I should have run here, shouldn't I? Really, but it just takes so long. Everything <laughs> running takes so long. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and if you can cycle. I mean, across. fifteen miles on a bike is an hour, whereas yeah. fifteen miles on your feet is like three hours. Yeah. So you're doing that with a lot of friends, are you? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know them. I know one. I know the girl who's organising. I now know the rest. I get to know the rest of them. Yeah, that's good. Fair kiss, nice. So. Cool. All right. So um, every week I have a weekly gripe, something that's really annoying me, something stressing me out. Um, and this week it's going to be organisation. I still really struggle with the order of everyday tasks. And this gets worse with stress. I can't imagine you going out to sea and having to be on your own and to be prepared for every eventuality. Well, actually, I am also very disorganised. Are you? That's why I loved being in the boat, because there's nothing to organise. You just literally have to wake up, row, eat, sleep, wake up, row, eat, sleep. Occasionally, you know, there was a little bit of organisation for various bits and pieces, but generally my cabin was an absolute mess. Oh, really? Yeah. I I'm thought it unorganised. Be... I'm sort of... Or, I'm organised, like, when it comes to meetings, I'm really organised. My bedroom yeah. is definitely not organised. I'm sort of like a slapdash organized yeah i'm always i'm always on time but i'm ridiculously early for everything and that just annoys me yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, why am i so early for everything because you can't quite yeah get the how long i mean this day we have apps don't we which kind of really helps i guess with yeah. everything like the city mapper and the google i always try and beat google i beat google today by 10 minutes okay um <laughs> but yeah i mean generally i wouldn't say i don't know is neatness an organization the same i guess well no, I think they're different, aren't they? They're, it's the brain a, thing a, and the ones the... I don't know, the order... It was a kind of a... I guess it's a... It must be in the same area of your brain. Mm. I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, I pack in a load of stuff into a day, so I guess that's a sort of organisation. But you get me to do a Excel spreadsheet and have I done this and that and that. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a weird type of organisation, mine is. I wouldn't say I was organised. Um, <laughs> but you you get stressed. <laughs> yeah, I do. And that's that's kind of... There are two things. And when it get, when I get stressed, things don't work very well. Yeah, because when, when your stress levels increase, then... Mm. So if you think that's exactly what was... So when I was ill, that's the stress hormone increasing. And then you lose your memory. And then you go crazy. And then... <laughs> Or yeah. all those other you can't sleep properly and that on itself and so it's actually lowering those stress levels and the way you do that is just by going like is there any point can I control this am I worrying about am I stressing about something which mm. is pointless yeah. like is it are you stressing because you're worried about what people think about you mm. um, you know if you're going to be late for your train you're going to be late for your train what's the point of stressing about it yeah. it's not going to get you anywhere faster yeah. you're going to be late, late here it's like well mm. I'm late I'm sorry so there's yeah. no point stressing about it because you can't Mine's anxiety, I guess. It's just something because of the brain injury. Yeah. I think that's how, why that's, why it's But still... I mean, I think anxious, anxiety is the same as worrying. If you really break mm. it, if you really break down what you're anxious about. Yeah. Not and the reality point, really. of that is like, what are you actually, are you going to die from the thing you're worrying about? No. no. Is anyone getting hurt from the thing you're worrying about? No. Well, then let's stop worrying about it. Yeah. Because really, like, I don't know. 
It's just too many things that then, like you say, you get stressed and then your life becomes disorganised and then you stress more about that and it just becomes <laughs> this like horrible, anxious circle of... Just try not to worry about anything, basically. Yeah. That's the point. We just yeah. need to chill, chill out. Yeah, what's the worst <laughs> that can happen? That's what I say. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so um, every week I do an inspirational quote. And this week it was on the arm of a biker in the south of France... This is what it says. You actually, you can actually read what that says. Yes. See what so that says. It says, never ride faster than your guardian angel can fly, which is very cool. I know. It was quite cool. It was a guy that I saw in the south of France. And, yeah, it was... How big was his tattoo? Uh, just across his arm. Not while he was riding. He was <laughs> no, stopped and had a no. chat with him. <laughs> just, <laughs> I was going to say that was massive. And, yeah, he was, he was Belgian guy. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it just, I just thought that that might kind of inspire inspirational quotes to pass yeah. on to people. Have you got Have you got any other quotes that you? Um, um, I mean, like? I always say keep it real. Like <clears throat> you know, we're all real people. Just, just, yeah. Keep it real, basically. Just keep it real, and then what's the worst that can happen? Um, and what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger, and that's a real. I think that one for like all the experiences we have that maybe aren't don't go quite to plan mm-hmm. is literally just a learning you know it's just a step in learning and or it's a step in our emotional development or all these things so yeah what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger what's the worst that can happen <laughs> just keep it real oh, that's fantastic thank you so much for coming along <laughs> to the longest battle podcast thank you for having me so nice thank you um, hopefully we've inspired lots of people to make changes that might not be um, doing stuff so hopefully that's that's being their the best point of being the... their best me yes definitely so yeah that's that's Does that makes sense being their best them <laughs> yeah making sure that they yeah. are the best and um, thanks Kike. pleasure Take care. thank you Thanks so much for listening to Emma's podcast. She's been through a hell of a lot over the past few years and listening to this makes all of her friends realise just what an inspiration she is. The Silver Lining Charity has helped Emma immeasurably, enabling her to meet lots of other people with brain injuries. The charity is currently raising money for a Goodwill Silver Lining mission to India, just one project that will help those affected by brain injury to get involved in exciting and purposeful activities in the community. Activities that go a long way to invigorate, motivate and rehabilitate. The charity also helps family members and friends who are often overlooked. If you've enjoyed listening and would like to donate to the Silver Lining Brain Injury, now's your chance. Visit www.thesilverlining.org.uk Thank you.